welcome to Helping Teachers Thrive. Now, before I get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a special guest that I have lined up in the coming weeks. He has over 16 years experience as a classroom teacher, deputy head teacher, and as well as an early career teacher mentor. He's got quite a big following on Twitter, and he also released a book called You Got This. So listen out for my episode that should be coming out in a couple of weeks time with this amazing guest. Now for today's episode, I want to talk about why this, why now? Now, if you are teaching in a school in England, you know that Ofsted will come and visit your school at some point in your teaching profession. And even if you're not teaching in England and don't have Ofsted, you may have observers walking to your lesson, people that are doing learning walks or senior leaders that are observing your lesson. Now, what we have to do as teachers in the UK, in England, we have to think about our learning sequence. Now, all teachers should be thinking about their learning sequence in terms of where their students have come from, the content they have already covered in in your lessons, why you're teaching or covering that piece of content now in your lessons, and where you see them going to next in terms of the content. Now, when I had an interview once, I had to evaluate, evaluate my lesson at the end of my interview. I had about an hour to sit down and evaluate my lesson. And as part of that evaluation, I had to identify www, what worked well, and then EBI, even better if. But then at the end of that, I had to say where I saw my lesson going to next. What would I have done the next week, next lesson with those students to help move them on, to help strengthen, develop that knowledge. So where was it going? So with all our lessons, we should have a learning sequence. We should have the learning journey that we take our students on from start to finish. Now, so we have to paint this picture to an observer of where our students have come from, what we're doing now, why we're doing it, and where we see them going next in terms of the content. But I also envision an overall outcome. I have that overall outcome in mind of where I see my students going to when they leave me, when they've completed their studies and they've gone off to wherever they've gone off to university or apprenticeships. Where where do I see them going to? What is the overall end outcome for my students? Now, as a PE teacher, my overall outcome for my students, what I envision for them is for them to lead positive, healthy lifestyles where they're eating healthily, they're drinking plenty of water, where they've got a good understanding of the importance of exercise on the body and the mind and being able to exercise and be, enjoy exercise, whether they're playing sport regularly or going to the gym or carrying out workouts at home but also to be able to equip them with the tools to be able to then pass that on to other people, whether it's their younger siblings, their grandparents, if they go off to have children one day, pass that on to their children so that they have positive, healthy lifestyles. So that's where I envision my students going. That's why I envision for my students in the future when I teach my PE lessons. Now, when it comes to my sixth form lessons, when I'm teaching theory-based lessons, what I envision for them is equipping them with the knowledge that they need to then go on to complete a degree at university, if that's the chosen path for them, or for them to go on to become an apprentice and work within the sports industry in a gym, for example, as a fitness instructor. So I've always got that end game in mind. I've always got that end goal in mind for my students when they move on, they leave me after many years of schooling as well as that learning sequence, that journey of the content I've covered previously, why am I doing this content now and in this order, and where I then see them going on to next in terms of the next steps in their learning. So this is something that your observer 
will be looking at and will be asking you questions about. And we'll also potentially ask your students questions about, but they can also ask your teaching assistants, your staff, your team around you in your classroom. They can ask them those questions as well. What have you done before? Why is your teacher now doing this and covering this in your lesson? What have your students covered and where are they going to next? Now, it can be really difficult when you don't have the time to be able to sit down with your team, to be able to sit down with your teaching assistants and talk about this and talk about what they've done before, what the students have done, what you're doing now, why, where they're going to next. Especially if your TAs, they start at 8.45, they leave at 3.30, you don't have the time to be able to sit and do this with them. Now, one way around this is to create a Google Sheets where you have a bit about where the students were before, what you covered before, what you're covering now, and where you're going on to next so that they can refer to each morning ready for the day. And then within that sheet, you'd also incorporate what you expect them in your lessons to do. So who you'd like them to work with, where they're going to be based within the classroom, what they're going to be doing with the students. So it gives them a bit of a narrative as well so that they know what you expect of them and they'll be confident to be able to answer that question, why this, why now, when and if an observer walks in to your lesson, if they're completing a learning walk or they're observing your lesson as part of um, a teaching and learning cycle or if you're an ECT, early career teacher or a newly qualified teacher. So it is really vitally important that you support your TAs in this as well so that they can then talk about that narrative to whoever walks into the classroom. Now, we are all performers. Teachers perform day in, day out, every minute, every second of a lesson. So we have to get into this sort of sequence of when someone walks into your lesson, when an observer walks in, someone's doing a learning walk, you have to start that narrative. You have to paint that picture for them and say, look, students, remember we did this, we've worked on this before, this, 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 now we're doing this to build on that knowledge, and this is where I see you going next, this is what I'm looking for us to achieve next. So you're painting that narrative, so when someone walks into the room, they've got an idea already of where your students were, why you're doing this now, so that they know that you know exactly what you're doing. So you've created that, you've painted that learning journey, that picture of that learning journey for your observer, but also for your students, because it's really important that they understand as well, so that they can tell the observer, but also so that it helps them to have those links between the content that they've learned before, what they're learning now, and where they're going to next. It's going to strengthen their knowledge and understanding, it's gonna help them benefit them even more when it comes to exams, or completing assignments and courseworks. So it is really vitally important we create those links for our students between past content, what they're doing now, and where they're going to next to help strengthen their knowledge and understanding and create that learning journey that they are on with you to help them develop better, for, better develop and further their knowledge and understanding and strengthen it as a result. Now, before I finish up today, I wanted to give you some insights into my challenge that I did with Annabelle from The Balance Strategy. So if you haven't tuned into my previous episode um, with regards to The Balance Strategy where I had Annabelle as a guest on my podcast, now she has 10 years of experience and research and has developed this balance strategy to support teachers with their work-life balance. But there is a link somewhere below this episode to that episode as well, um, so you can tune into that episode. Um, now, with this five-day challenge that I did with Annabelle and a group of other teachers as well, it's all online. All, um, nothing I had, didn't take me away from 
home or anything like that. It didn't take out any time from my day-to-day work. It just helped me understand how to better schedule my time during my day. So the balance strategy, what, it, what the five-day challenge story showed me, it helped me identify how little time I actually spent just for me, doing the things I like and I enjoy. Because it made me see, it made me realise that most of my time is spent being a teacher, being a wife or being a mother. And yeah, of course those things are all amazing, but I didn't have time for me and just to put myself first. And it made me realise that actually, yes, I did schedule time in my day for me, but it was always about nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night when I was already tired and exhausted and it wasn't good quality time. So by doing that five day challenge, it helped me identify actually when I was scheduling time myself for myself, how it wasn't good quality and how I was able to then change that and actually think, well, actually, I've got, I can schedule my timings better for me. So I can make, I've got morning time before I go to work, I have time, I can just do things that I love for me, whether it's reading a book, relaxing, watching TV, doing something that's just for me and scheduling certain times in the weekend where it's just me and I can then go off and do my own thing, do something I love and enjoy, go to the gym um, and exercise for an hour before I come home. So it's enabled me to identify those pockets to identify those pockets of time during the week and the weekends that I could just spend for me. It's good quality time, not in the evenings when I'm just tired and drained and just want to go to sleep. Another thing that really worked, worked well for me, what helped me with, was realising, identifying that the negative language that I was using myself around work, around my day, around my work-life balance, the negative language that I was using and how I could then change that actually to a positive and start thinking positively instead so that then I have a better mindset and have a better outlook for the day, for example, for the week. So the five-day challenge worked like that for me. It gave me great insights into my time management, it gave me great insights into how I was thinking um, and how I can switch that up and make it more positive for me so that then I can improve my, my own well-being in terms of my mindset and how I was thinking, how I was, how I was thinking about things. Um, and it has improved my um, scheduling in terms of the time that I spend for myself. So I'm going to do more things like going swimming, going for walks, reading, going to the gym more often so that I'm putting myself first a little bit more. So it did open my eyes a little bit to that. So if that's something that you want to look into, then just use a link somewhere below the previous episode where you can um, connect with Annabelle on Facebook or LinkedIn. And maybe you could even try the challenge, the five-day challenge, which happens every at the start of every single major term or at the end of every major holiday, basically, after every major holiday. So thank you so much for listening and tuning in with me again today. And thank you for everything you do, the difference that you make each and every day to your students. And until next time, remember, keep on inspiring and keep on changing young lives. (laughs) 